episode of small doses we are recording live from a purgatory uh political purgatory at least because no one really knows what's gonna happen with this presidency in totality yet i mean i think a lot of us are like i mean come on he actually lost like get the fuck out of here but then there's a lot of us here in the states who are just like i don't know this motherfucker is a motherfucker so he might pull a motherfucking move um nonetheless i think it's important um that we all just kind of try our best to keep our peace and stay calm and 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 protect our peace and and it's really hard to do that when there's uncertainty in the space and it can be very hard to do that when there's a mismanagement of expectations and i think that a lot of us not only find ourselves unable to like measure other people's expectations, but we don't really necessarily do a good job determining our own expectations and, and, and even besides determining them, communicating our expectations. So I wanted to do this episode and I wanted to just talk about expectations within the context of a number of things. So not just uh, politics, but relationships and uh, friendships and, and work, the workplace, et cetera, because what it really boils down to is, you know, what do you really see for yourself? And also like, what are you, how are you showing up to even have those expectations be delivered? And it's, um, it's a real kind of fuck show. Cause you got to be real with yourself. And when you get real with yourself about your expectations, um, it, it really makes you have to say, okay, how am I either going to shift my expectations or how am I going to shift how I behave? Because I think what a lot of us don't acknowledge is the fact that our expectations oftentimes outmeasure our delivery. And there's a lot of us who want things and expect things um, that we aren't actually like, inve- like delivering into and investing into. And then there's a lot of us who want things and expect things from others. And we are ignoring, uh, I'm not ignoring you, Jordy. And we are ignoring the truth of their capability to be able to deliver and, and, and meet those expectations. So we got a lot to cover today. Uh, good thing we got time. Let's get into it. Damn, drop it. Jam dropping, jam dropping. We dropping on these hoes. <sighs> so today's jam dropping is expectations versus reality. You know, we've seen the pairing of expectations versus reality, but I feel like we don't ever really truly discuss like what that actually is. And I think when we talk about reality, it's just like the true probability of the thing actually happening versus the expectations that you set, which oftentimes are not necessarily rooted in reality. And that's where I think a lot of us get off track. 
We are creating expectations that exist in our minds, in our mind's eye, in our consciousness, but that don't necessarily exist within the context of the world we're in. Reality is here's what's taking place. Here's what's available. Here are the tools and here's the actuals possibilities. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's possibilities versus expectations. Because I think the truth of the matter is like expectations are your, it's like the synthesis between your standards and your desires. It's like though it's the marriage of those two things coming together. And so when we think of expectations, they should always only come from what's actually possible in reality. And It means that you have to, that's why we talk about managing your expectations. A lot of us don't, you know, and a lot of us don't communicate our expectations. You know, reality is in front of our faces. We all see it. It's here. Okay. Okay. We assume that the expectations that we have are shared among others because we think that our reality is their reality. And the truth of the matter is, is that we all learn that no perspective is... (laughs) someone's reality. And that is so scary because you can go into something and just assume that like we're all on the same page and it is not the case. It It is is not not the case. case. And the only way that you get to really come to the middle on that is by making yourself grounded in reality and not just the reality of yourself, but of the other person or the other situation. So today when we're talking about expectations, I want us to really be conscious about the fact that there's, there's a number of expectations that we may have that we have to realign and reset. And that the beauty of that though, is that you get yourself closer to meeting expectations that are real. This is not about settling. It's It's not not about settling. It's just about understanding. And I want us to do a better job of that because I think that when we don't, we set ourselves up for disappointment. We set ourselves up for frustration. We set ourselves up for being hurt. And, you know, don't, why, why do that to yourself when you could not? Right? How long slash often would you adjust your expectations for a friend before you hit your boundaries and it's time to say goodbye? I mean, I guess I don't even know if it's that you adjust your expectations. Well, I guess sometimes, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Like sometimes you have to adjust your expectations, but there's basically just like you have a bottom line. (laughs) You know, if your bottom line gets to a point where you feel like you're being undignified or you're being taken for granted or you're being taken advantage of, like those are things for me that I just can't stomach. When I feel like I'm being taken advantage of or I'm being taken for granted, like I I can't continue. I cannot measure. I can't continue. If I feel like I'm um, being dismissed, ignored, abandoned, like that's, those are things that I just don't have a stomach for. Other people don't care. They're just like, whatever, you know? They're like, it's not, it's not a big deal. But for me, like, I can't do the back and forth and the weird shit. So like, I have to let that go. 
And I think that there's a lot of folks who are a lot more easygoing. So they probably can have a different set of bottom lines and boundaries. Um, and I'm easygoing about certain things in certain situations, but there's, again, we all have like our breaking points and ideally you don't want someone to take you to your breaking point. Um, you know, so you want to let them know. And that's always the interesting part when you let people know, like this matters to me. And if they, if that continues to be a point that they break, like, what are you going to do? Like, I've been in a relationship before where like the thing that mattered to them was the inverse of the thing that mattered to me. So how was it ever really going to work? You know, like they cared more about their work than anything. And I didn't give a fuck about work and not even just about their work. Like I just felt like work was, you know, work is a thing that we do and we got to do and we need to be responsible adults. But at the end of the day, like it shouldn't, overpowered like the importance of making sure that you know what you got going on at home is taken care of and they just didn't feel that way so it's just a shift it's just a difference in values that eventually is going to come to a head and the only way that you know that works is someone has to shift their boundaries or change or determine that you know perhaps their perhaps their value system is is not um that valuable and that ultimately is um, what I think ends up being like the bottom line. Like I had a friend who she, she like stood me up. I can't remember, but basically she told me that like when she's with her man, she turns, he has her turn off her phone. And I was like, so does he turn off his phone? And she was like, no, but he just wants me to be like very like focused. And I was like, well, then you just won't be hearing from me. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, because I don't, that's not the kind of friends I need around. I need friends I can actually reach. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like you're in surgery. So it's fine. Um, she eventually, she got it. She actually got it. But that's my answer on that. How to have high expectations without getting pissed when not meeting my own expectations or others are not meeting mine. I mean, I think it's not about like... I think it's, I don't even think it has to be high expectations. Like your expectations are your expectations. It's just a matter of, are you assigning them to people that can reach them? You know? And like, what is the criteria that you're using to determine if there's somebody who can reach them? Where, how, what is the ways in which they're just, they're like, um, demonstrating to you that, that's, that they can be reached because that's the part to me that a lot of people fail on. It's like, you're just kind of, taking folks at their word or you're not even, you're, you're just like, these are my expectations and let me cross my fingers. And that's going to get you in disappointments, Bill, every fucking time, every time that's going to end you up disappointed. So it's like, you might as well just really like be thoughtful about like, okay, I'm setting the expectations. It's not that they're high expectations. I mean, to me, they're only high expectations to people who can't reach them. That's it. Like, I know that me, I'm a Rolls Royce. So I don't need anybody that feels like the maintenance of a Rolls Royce is a high expectation. I need people that see that the maintenance of a Rolls Royce is simply just what it takes to manage a Rolls Royce. And that if you want to have a Rolls Royce, then this is par for the course. That's it. So if you don't want a Rolls Royce, don't come over here. See? 
So, you know, if you have high expectations for yourself in the sense that you're like, okay, this semester I'm going to get these grades and that's a higher expectation than you had last semester, which is going to require more output, which is going to require more focus, which is going to require more discipline, then, you know, you're setting that bar for yourself and you're setting it higher than you had before. And you have to know, is this a realistic bar that I can meet? And if it's not, what do I need to do to make that realistic? If anything. So that's how, you know, and, and you can't get mad. You, you can, can cause, cause I do, but it's like, you can't stay mad at people who don't, who choose not to meet your expectations because when you make expectations that you make from a place of goodness and from values and from, you know, your soul, there's those are things that are, are, are made in, in earnest. And you have to know what keeps your peace and you want people around you that are going to do whatever they can reasonably, of course, um, to keep your peace. And, and they can expect that from you as well. And they should be able to. And I had a scenario where like, I was really let down by somebody and my man at the time was like, you know, that's why you can't expect shit from nobody. And I was like, then you don't have the right people around you because I have people around me that I can expect things from and they can expect things from me. And that is ultimately what friendship is. And also they can, and and they can expect that if they fall short and they're honest with me about it and they vocalize it, that they're going to be you know, regarded. Like I had a friend that was assigned because of his own volition to look after Lando, my cat, while I was gone for the holidays one year. And the expectations were set and he said, okay, I accept them. And then he did not meet them. And it, oh my God, it felt like betrayal because that's my animal. I ended up having to come home from vacation early and um, I never spoke to him again. And I don't know if he even understands why I never spoke to him again, but it was because I relied on you. I thought I could rely on you and I couldn't. And just a side note, I always look sideways at anybody who is only reliable to certain people. Like I have an ex who is reliable to his job, but not reliable to his woman. And that is why he is an ex. Next question. How do you set expectations in relationships, especially if you're someone that has the mindset of no expectations, no disappointment? Ultimately, things like mutual respect, care, and love are important and are healthy expectations. However, things like integrity and loyalty are rare qualities to find in people, especially a significant other. How do you try to find the balance, if that makes sense? Also, sorry if this is all over the place. I'd be happy to clarify it if it's all confusing. I mean, it's not confusing. It just feels like, you know, you're, you're basing your expectations in fear. Fear of disappointment. So if you don't have expectations, if you don't expect people to be loyal or to be, or to have integrity, then when they show that they lack those things, that you won't be disappointed. I mean, I guess that's a theoretical way of looking at it, but I think it's not actual. And I don't think it's healthy to keep people around you that you can't expect to be loyal and have integrity. Everybody that's around me should expect that I expect those things from them. And that if they don't deliver on them, then we're not going to be rocking. And that's fair. That's fair. 
because they can expect those things from me. And I don't think it's re I don't think it's realistic to say that you're not going to be disappointed. You're just going to be disconnected. And isn't this whole thing about making connections? I thought that's what this whole human experience was about. You know, our, we got, we're made of connect. We're made of atoms that make connections. You know, in order for us to reproduce, we have to make a physical connection in order for us to synthesize new ideas. We have to make intellectual connections and, and, and analytical connections, et cetera. I mean, I can go on. So when we say, oh, I, I just, I, I don't have those expectations so that I avoid disappointment. Some expectations to me are, are critical to avoiding disillusionment, disconnection, and ultimately <laughs> demolition. Why do I hold people up to these high expectations knowing damn well they're going to disappoint me? This is in friendships, romantic relationships, and even at work. Is this a reflection of me being snobby or are people just crappy? I mean, I think the optimist in me, I don't know you, but I know that when I set expectations and hold people to them, it's with the best of intentions. It's not about being snobby or people being crappy as much as it's me saying like, this is, this is what I want for myself and what's around me. And so anyone that's in that space, this is what I'm going to hold you to. And there's, um, you know, that's, and that's about just wanting like the best of situations, the best for myself, the best for those around me, the best for my, my fans, my, um, customers, you name it. And so me wanting to make sure that like, they're getting the best quality. I'm going to have like high expectations for anybody who's in the mix because they have to know that I hold myself to a high quality. And I don't think that's about being snobby. No, it's just about being self-aware about where you place your priorities. You know, you're watching a show like Shameless. Clearly, you know, they have a different set of priorities when it comes to uh, how they view themselves and their expectations and all the above. Um, You know, I I mean, the character is not like the people who created the show. Uh, But I think it's also interesting to just know that like people fuck up and it's not always because they're being crappy. You know, sometimes people literally just don't have the capability to do things. Sometimes, sometimes though, people are just assholes. You know, they're selfish or they're, they're man children or they're narcissists, um, you know, you name it. But sometimes people can't meet an expectation for a reason that you may not even ever know. You know what people are going through. And so I think that, you know, you end up disappointed also because life is full of disappointments. And I just think that we as humans have a hard time really understanding and grasping the reality of that. So much so that we will end up doing things to prevent others from being disappointed, like lying, being dishonest, being circuitous, being passive aggressive. And ultimately that person is going to end up being disappointed because if you're moving in that way, it's going to come to light. This is a fact. So it's like, how do you, um, how do you manage disappointment is the real conversation because the same way that you manage your expectations, you got to manage when they're not met. And 
sometimes, you know, it really just ends up being you telling yourself, like, you know what? I, I knew that. I knew that. I mean, like I had an ex who had already demonstrated like a certain series of behaviors and I still kept going back for more. So at a certain point it becomes like, you know, are you the victim or the volunteer in this situation? Well, you're the volunteer. You're volunteering for the disappointment because you already know he does not meet these measures. You know that. Whereas, um, like I would say in my most recent relationship, it was like, I presented that person with what I wanted and they presented me with what they wanted. And both of it felt like it was completely feasible until it just revealed itself not to be. And then you're like, oh, okay, well now we know. Um, but at work, it's like, you know, sometimes we'll like have, and not even just at work, just in life. I think we also have expectations of potential for people. And I know I am notorious for seeing potential in people that they have not seen in themselves. And so then I create an expectation around what they can achieve that they haven't really signed up for. And then that's that. And you're like, and then when you get let down, it's like, well, shit, they didn't even know (laughs) that he was even on that pedestal. So like, these are the things, you know, that you have to look out for. And that's why we, we talked about like the side of like the gem drop in between reality and expectations, because, you know, if you have somebody that's working for you, like, I remember when this, with this gymnast, Vanessa Adler, I don't know why the story comes to mind, but this gymnast, Vanessa Adler, she um, is, was an incredible gymnast. Oh my God. So good. And she was having trouble finding a gym that she really enjoyed. And I remember she moved to Colorado to, to go to this gym in Colorado. And then when she left, very kind of like unceremoniously, they interviewed the coach and he said, I always knew she had the propensity to leave. They were like, are you disappointed that Vanessa leave left? And he was like, I always knew she had the propensity to leave. So he had managed his expectations based on her trends. Like he understood that like, it'd be nice if she stays, but you know, she has a way of doing this. And so it's a possibility that she'll go. And it's like, that's the things that we have to like, really be real and honest with ourselves about. Like if someone has shown you that they have a propensity for certain behavior, why do you think that it'll be different with you? It's only going to be different with you if it's different within them. People I This week's people I like is dedicated to all my realists out there. You see, realists help you keep it real about your expectations. And sometimes you feel like they're being negative or pessimistic, but oftentimes what they're being is just honest about the true realities that abound you. And I think a lot of us like don't... um, we don't cherish the realists in our life enough. Like we're somewhat afraid of them, right? Because we're just like, oh, they're going to like knock this off a pedestal. But they just help you keep things in reality. For instance, like I have a friend, Delise, who is a realist, like, and she'll just keep it a buck with you. And it's not to say that she is a negative person. It's not to say that she's a pessimist, but she just keeps it like one hundo and lets you know, like, you know, this is the, this is the A, the B, and the C of the situation. And this could go this way, or this could go that way, or that could go this way. And it allows you to be able to see things from a bigger vantage point, and which allows you to make better decisions. And it allows you to manage your expectations in a real way. You know, like when people talk about like relationships and, and marriage and their situations, like you got to think and listen 
because it helps you synthesize like what the expectations you want for your own are. Like, I know I have a lot of people that I know that are married. And when I hear about their marriages, I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want that. And it's helped me to manage my expectations. Um, It's helped me to, you know, also determine my expectations, right? And I just wish we were more supportive of the realists in our life as less and, and less pushing away of them. I speak for myself because I am the realist in a lot of people's lives. And oftentimes when people come to me for advice or whatever, and I keep it real, they're like, God damn it. Because what, what most of the times it does is it affects the expectations they have for themselves. And I will be like straight up. Like, I mean, that's just not, like, why do you, why do you even have that thought process? Like I have a friend who told me that she's talking to somebody and she's, she knows it's toxic. She knows it needs to end, but she doesn't want it to end without him having any regrets. She wants him to regret it. And I was like, for what? And she was like, I mean, I just do. And I was like, but that's just like pointless. You know? And so basically what I had to tell her was like, this is a pointless expectation. Like, and it has, it's not attached to anything of growth or value to you. And she was just like, you know, <laughs> deep introspective Amanda is really annoying. And I was like, who the fuck are you kidding? Like, who are you telling? I know she is annoying. And um, because she doesn't allow herself to lie to herself. And sometimes lying to yourself can be so fun. And she doesn't allow her friends to lie to themselves either. And so shout out to all the realists. If you want to hear more about realists, make sure you check out um, side effects of being a realist or side effects of realists uh, where we break down and show some love to the realists and really clearly delineate the realists from the pessimists because that is just not a fair uh, correlation. So those are the people I like. And I've got, I've been lucky to have a lot of realists in my life. I would say my mom is probably like, the King Koopa of the realists and really does a good job to, to my, my chagrin, chagrin of keeping it real. What I can tell you, I can tell you the main expectation was when I was crying in the car after the level nine regional comp, level nine state competition. And, um, I didn't make regional team. And my mom was like, I don't know why you're crying. You fell off beam. Right. So like that was one of those moments where it was like, you see, I should have managed my expectations. Like it would have been a nice surprise to make regional team, but I shouldn't be this forlorn because I already knew what was up. I already knew the facts of the situation. I just was in denial and had still pegged my hopes on the slim chance. Never peg your hope on the slim chance. And that's something a lot of us do. And then we build a whole bunch of expectations on a fucking little island in the middle of the sea. And what's going to happen? The tide's going to come in and wash all them shits out. Because guess what? The tide always comes in. And that's when the other shoe drops. Hmm. That That one time? time. (laughs) Today's That One Time is dedicated to, to Black folks and our expectations around politics. Because I feel like whether it's Obama or Kamala Harris, um... I think a lot of black folks really just kind of think that folks are going to come like they they expect that a black person is going to come into political office and just shake shit up. 
And I think it's a real unrealistic expectation because it doesn't take into account that for a lot of these black folks that we want this from, they're like the first or the only in their situation. And that politics by and large is built on is on your relationships. So if you're the first in your position, you haven't even had the opportunity to build up the relationships to create the change that you're wishing to see. And if you come in there guns slinging and just switch things up immediately, they'll They'll just take take you out. out. And I think that what we expect oftentimes that they're going to be willing to go in there and like, quote unquote, sacrifice them, sacrifice themselves, whether it be literally or figuratively in terms of their career for the sake of us feeling like as a black community that we have been spoken for. And I just think that what we don't really acknowledge is the truth and and fullness of the political landscape and the corruption involved in it and the the. Shit, the rules. A lot of us just don't even know the rules. So we're mismanaging our edge, our expectations because we're thinking that it's easier or that it operates differently than it actually does. Like, okay, you hear a lot of people talk about Obama and how Obama didn't do nothing for black people. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna say that I'm some Obama expert, but I will tell you that the truth of the matter is he couldn't do much for anybody because he didn't have a house and a Senate that was in support of him. So for what it's worth, a lot of the measures that were put forth that were sponsored by individuals who were in accordance of what he had wishes for and desires for was knocked down. It was knocked down because there was a side led by people like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and all these fucking fuckles over on the Republican side that were genuinely just not going to do anything that Obama wanted, whether it was even viable or valuable or with merit, they had already decided our job is to just put a stop and a block to Barack Obama, period. So there wasn't much he could do for anyone, let alone for black people. And I think that when we talk about our expectations and how politics goes, you know, when we talked about, talked to Latasha Brown about like voting and the importance of our, our, our vote and how like everyone's vote matters, you know, there was a false expectation in this election that a lot of people had, which was that like, if they didn't vote, that it was going to like show, um, I don't know what their expectation was actually like, but I definitely think they had expectations around not voting. And my thing was like, that just doesn't make sense. Like not participating in this scenario is not a show of anything other than just apathy and um, disconnect. But there was something to be said for voting because at the very least, you can attach an expectation that you can know in your heart that you were a part of trying to change the direction of things. And now that we see how close the votes were, we very intrinsically see how important it is that, we, that our votes be involved and counted. So we have to have a real consciousness about like the way all of this actually functions and the way that our expectations can be met um, and the way that can be set. When we see Ice Cube, who was like, okay, I'm going to put together this whole, you know, black power agenda, uh, this black agenda, and I'm going to bring it to these, these candidates and they need to pay attention. It's like, what did you expect to happen? Did you expect that you were going to go into to Donald Trump that he was going to just be like, I know I've been a piece of shit to everybody else, but I didn't, but you know, you cute, you cute. So I, I'm going to come right with you. That just seems like a, uh, that just seems like an ex- expectation based on ego. And we, we base our expectations on a lot of different things. 
And very often it's not on reality, which is the only thing it should be based in. Sometimes we base our expectations in, you know, like I said, ego. Sometimes we base them in desire. Sometimes we base them in fantasy. Sometimes we base them in the past. And we hurt ourselves every time we do that. And we hurt ourselves when we don't have people around us to help us manage those expectations and to help us like imagine them properly. So as we go forward and as we continue to wait to see like how this political climate, particularly as the presidency and the Senate shape up, first, I want to encourage everybody in Georgia to vote, to be a part of the voting process in a real legitimate way, to understand that, you know, maybe you weren't interested this go round, but that now we are in a Senate race that really genuinely determines if the Senate is going to be a majority Democrat or majority Republican Senate. This is a way to get Mitch McConnell, that fucking evil devil turtle out of there. That can be your focus. So the Georgia vote takes place on January 5th, 2021, which means that Georgia residents who are currently 17 years old but will turn 18 by the time of the runoff election will have the opportunity to participate. So this means that Georgia residents who are currently 17 years old but will turn 18 by the time of the runoff election will have the opportunity to participate. You have till December 7th to register to vote. And you just need to be turning 18 before January 5th in order to register to vote in Georgia to be a part of the Senate runoff. December 7th is the last day to register to vote. The election is on January 5th, 2021. So anybody out there who's 17 and was like, damn, I missed this opportunity, but it's going to turn 18 between now and January 5th you can be involved in changing the direction of things, which I need you to understand that when we're basing our expectations of what can happen in the next four years, having a majority Senate would be a very important reality shift to what our expectations can actually be. The last dose. So that's that. How are you managing your expectations? How are you setting your expectations? How are you communicating your expectations? You know, people will tell you that when you're dating, you shouldn't have any expectations. And I don't feel like that's accurate. I think that you need to communicate your expectations. And then if someone wants to, wants to continue dating you, they will meet them. And if they don't, they will not meet them. And what you need to do is that when they don't meet your expectations and they actively defy your expectations by diminishing them, dismissing them, or straight up denying them, then you have to let it go. You got to let it go. Because what ends up happening in that situation is that you don't end up just shifting your expectations, but you end up lowering your standards. And a lot of us do it because we get tricked into thinking that maybe our expectations were unfounded. We think maybe our expectations were too high. We think maybe our expectations were simply just, you know, fantasy. But the way that you really measure is what are you expecting from somebody that you are also giving? And that, to me, is the greatest bottom line. Are you expecting something that you're delivering? Because that's a fair expectation. Are you expecting something from someone who has explicitly said to you that you can expect that from them? then that's a fair expectation. Are you, are you all clearly in your roles determining what to expect from each other? 
Are you asking them what to expect from you? And they're letting you know, and you're delivering? Why can't you have the same in return? You should. You should. And take it from me. Because I will tell you that people all the time are like, Amanda, you're so confident. Oh my God, Amanda, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And it's like, yeah. But I too have found myself in scenarios where someone is presenting to me expectations that I would love for them to meet. And when I expect them to meet them and they don't, they then resent you for holding them to their expectations that, that they set for themselves. Even in business, have you ever had those situations in business, like where someone tells you like, okay, I'm going to have this to you on this day. And then when you expect it on that day and they're, you know, and you come looking for it, they come with other shit. Like I had someone who was like, you know, they were doing me a favor for all intents and purposes. But at the end of the day, it was also an exchange. It was a barter of sorts. And they said something was going to be delivered on a certain day. And when I hit them up about it, they were like, well, you know, I'm doing you a favor. The fuck is that not doing anything? It's not like I hit them like, yo, what the fuck is my favor? But I was like, hey, like just checking in on this because I was expecting it today. And they're like, yeah, like I don't have it. And I'm like, well, when will you have it? And they're like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, but you said you were going to have it today. Yeah, well, I was doing you a favor. So that's the other thing too. It's like, even in something like that, like you got to like set expectations. So like I learned in that lesson that the next time someone does a favor for me or I do a favor for them, I need to be very clear about what that means. And that I expect a favor, if it is accepted, to still operate under the same rules of professionalism as they would if they were being paid. And because that's how I move. So be gentle with yourself, but also be stern with how you expect your expectations. And just be sure that when people are setting expectations for themselves and sharing it with you, that you're also <laughs> being a realist about their ability to meet those expectations. Because listen, you will get caught out there. A podcast network.